Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Um, the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, of course, um, this Monday, the 10th of April. So ahead of that, I wanted to chat to people, to talk to people on the show this afternoon about your memories. Um, what it was like before the Good Friday Agreement. Do you remember this Monday, this weekend, 25 years ago? Do you, you remember where you were when you heard the news? Uh, that the agreement had been reached and, and signed. And I want to hear how did it actually bring about change for you? Like what change did it bring about to your livelihood, to your locality? A hugely historic moment in our history. So I thought it was worth uh, taking time today to actually just hear your memories. So you can get in touch either if you want on WhatsApp. It's 87 106 I don't specifically remember the day 25 years ago but I do have my own memories of the lead up to it like I didn't live through the troubles and nor do I pretend to to have those memories but I do remember what it was like pre the Good Friday Agreement growing up seven kilometres from Balik in in County Fermanagh like the sight of the army and guns was was so common there was a permanent checkpoint just outside of the village of Balik and I still remember, like I can, you can still see, you know, the, the big checkpoints as you're leaving Balik, um, the barbed wire, the queue of traffic when you'd have to drive through it, officers in, you know, the camouflage kind of army gear in the grass and the where are you going, you know, bellowed in through the, the car window. And like you might have been just, you know, going shopping or visiting family somewhere in, uh, in Fermanagh or travelling through parts of through parts of the county but like the most run of the mill stuff it's a sight as a child that you you don't forget um, and I remember you know every actually every shopping trip to Enniskillen or to Derry in the early 90s would always have started with a conversation whenever you'd you'd park up the car it would always have started with a conversation about where uh, where the meeting point would be in the event of a bomb scare so, you know, in Derry, for instance, the Foilside shopping centre would have been a childhood favourite of mine. But I remember McDonald's. I distinctly remember McDonald's in the Foilside and Derry would have been our meeting point in the event that, you know, if you ever got separated and, and there was subsequently a bomb scare. Um, and I also remember, I suppose, the kind of the heightened fear that there would always have been in the lead up to the Christmas period, specifically around actually the, the 8th of December was was such a common day for people to uh, to travel um, and I always remember that like in our house if, if you went into one shop you know and you told whoever you were there with where you were going if you wanted to move then to go to a different shop like if I was in Claire's accessories and I wanted to go then to another shop you'd have to go back and, and tell mum or whoever you were with that you were you're going to change shop and you had to do that obviously it was pre-mobiles but you had to do that in the event um of there being a bomb scare, and and while thankfully I, I I never had that, I never never experienced you know being in a shopping centre, but that was always I suppose in the back of your mind. So going to maybe visit Santa, you know, in December, as a nine or ten year old in 1993 or 1994, that just seemed so normal. Like I just thought that happened everywhere. That every family in every part of the country had a meeting point. In, in the event of that, I knew no different. So like, while I don't have any specific memory 
around the day the Good Friday Agreement was signed back in 1998, I do remember the change that it brought about because the checkpoints were removed. It was no longer in the subsequent years there in Balik and County Fermanagh. And the shopping trips to Derry and Enniskillen were no longer entangled in fear. And that's probably my memory of growing up and Good Friday Agreement and, and how it brought about change as somebody who was living and grew up in a in a border area. So I'm interested in hearing your thoughts and your memories today on the programme. Uh, 1800 453 106. John is with us on the line. John, what were your memories? How's it going, Andrea? Um, yeah, I was nine whenever the Good Friday Agreement came about. And kind of like yourself, I, I vaguely remember specifically the day itself, other than, you know, I mean, it was it was the lead up to Easter. So I was, I was more concerned about, you know, staring at the big pile of Easter eggs up on the shelf. Um, but, you know, I remember the news of it, of this great agreement in the lead up to this, in the years leading up, you know, I mean, you, you, you said so much of it there yourself about kind of crossing the border and the army checkpoints and kind of just that that extra level of tension going in. Like, I, I grew up in Letterkenny, so Derry would have been the big one for us going mm. in. And, um, and even as like a five, six, seven-year-old, you were aware of, of, Something going on. You were aware of, you know, oh, oh no, we can't go into Derry this weekend. Why? Because there was a bomb scare. Oh, okay. You know, and, th- and there was this bizarre m- normality to the whole yeah. thing, you know? And you're just, like, oh, okay, that makes sense, you know, a bomb scare. Fair enough. Um, and uh, and I remember, and because and even, even in the kind of, in, in the early 90s, um, the violence, you know, that was still happening, the bombings that were still happening, and you would see it on the news on occasion, you know, another person has been killed or another person has been shot. And even though the Good Friday Agreement wasn't this absolute perfect fix-all, because obviously, sadly, violence did continue in drips and drabs afterwards and some great tragedies beyond that. But overall, it was very much a line in the sand saying, right, look, we want peace. It was the people of Northern Ireland saying, we do not want to be fighting anymore. You know, we have had so much of it. We've had 30 years and some would say 400 years of fighting and this needs to stop. We, we can get beyond this. And thankfully, the Good Friday Agreement allowed people to talk. It allowed for self-identification. It allowed, it allowed for people, look, if you consider yourself Irish, you're Irish. If you consider yourself British, you're British. Um, and even just that kind of underlining of the of the agreement itself saying, you know, if ever Northern Ireland wishes to join the rest of the, the Republic of Ireland, the British government will allow the change. And even that clarification of saying, you're, you don't have to go to war over this. The British government has said, okay, if you want this, we'll allow it, you know? Um, Albeit Brexit kind of threw a spanner in the works, as we all saw later. But this is the thing. This is the thing. It happens so much throughout history. Is When something becomes so normal, we start to take it for granted. Mm. And, you know, as someone, you know, like I'm, what am I now? I'm 34. Um, but people my age and indeed then younger again have less and less and less of an actual memory yeah. of what the troubles were like. You know, in, in, in a similar way to people complain away about the European Union, whereas 
it was really set up to stop Germany and France ever going to war with each other. And that has worked in the same way. You know, the Good Friday Agreement, people, you know, they're chatting about flags and they're chatting about, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there aren't, there isn't the carnage that was, you know, you know, okay. and there, there isn't the, the terrorism that was, again, of course, the violence, you know, there, there, there are bits and pieces of it, but, um, but it, it, it was a real sea change in what people needed to fight for and what okay. people didn't and, and how people could achieve change. The, ben is with us as well. John, stay on the line because I, I, I'd love to hear um, from all across the country today, whatever age group, if you've memories of, you know, before Good Friday and um, the signing of it. Since that, how, how your life has changed as a result of the peace that it brought about. Ben is with us too. Brian, what, what are your memories? Um, so I'm kind of taking it from a more younger person's perspective mm. um, because I was born in 97. So if I could remember, I was probably either in my mother's arms or in the car yeah. crying. Um, but I would say that my biggest thing about the Good Friday Agreement, and I was saying it to the researcher when I was talking to them, that it's actually the almost lack of knowledge or the complacency of people of a younger generation I think is a very significant telling factor that says the Good Friday Agreement is in essence working, doing what it was intended to do and creating that peace. Because I think that, and and I don't want to use the word ignorance, but almost say lack of awareness of what was and what has been and the people that suffered and the things that went on among people of a younger generation is due in fact that they don't have to worry about it. They're not concerned about it. There's no fear of crossing borders. There's no fear of, you know, oh, I have family members over the border. I have, you know, family members with opposing views. It's like, a, it's almost like a certain level of unity. It's not as divisive, say, as we think of pre-Civil War 1920s Ireland. You think of pro-treaty and anti-treaty sides. It wasn't like a pro-Good Friday, anti-Good Friday, and then there was violence because one side agreed and one side didn't agree. It was a case of we knew that it was important to have stepping stones in the right direction, and that um, it was it, it was a necessary movement that both sides made concessions and both parts of the party kind of said, okay, I would like more than this, but I realise that I can't get all that, so I'm going to make a step in the right direction, and I'm going to set up a framework which says when we have another conversation, whether that be 20 years down the line, whether that be in the following year whether that be 150 years down the line, the framework is there to allow us to have that conversation. And I think it's a, it's a learning point to say that dialogue is the most important way to effectively get what you want to cross to the other side of the yeah. table. And even if you say, I don't want to sit down with this person, you kind of have to do it. You might be extremely happy about it. But I think both sides realised they had to come to the table. And those that thought that they existed on the outside and the fringes of the debate were most important. And I think... The main thing I highlighted, especially when I was I was discussing this with the researcher, mm. was that the importance of the people living in the north um, being the centre of everything. The people that want a working assembly, the people that want, you know, the the their representatives working for them, and the best type of existence. Because at the end of the day, despite nationalist politics or unionist politics. Um, people want a safe and prosperous place to live and well, they but, want to be happy and safe and everything. Yeah. And I, I remember, sorry briefly, but I remember I have an anecdote where I was on a trip away and 
I was on a border county. Um, I can't exactly remember where it was. And I was standing on a bridge and I kind of spread. I like I stood on either side. And I remember jumping from either side, realizing I'm in two technically different nation states every time I jump from either side of the bridge. And there's no one saying to me, you know, what are you doing? Show me your passport, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, that freedom is. I think yeah. it's a beautiful It's still thing to this day, I find, Ben, whenever if I'm, you know, b- b- going up home um, to Donegal and I'd, I'd always go through sort of uh, nearly back roads of cabin and any time I have anybody in the car who maybe it's their first time travelling up, they're always amazed when you go through, um, you know, Black Lion and, and Belle Coo, um, the, the close proximity and just the how how close the, the two towns, the two towns are. There's a text in here from a listener who says the Buncrana Derry bus was often threatened with bombs that would be called through when we'd all be on the bus coming home from school. We never felt fear. It was a case of getting off the bus and having an extra few hours playing until a, a new bus came out to collect us. Patrick is with us as well. Um, Patrick, what are your memories? Good afternoon, Andrea. Well, I, like yourself, um, I'm from Donegal too, and uh, I was uh, to travel up there on the morning of the uh, announcement of the Good Friday Agreement, and I was so engrossed in the TV coverage that I, I was still... I think in Dublin at five o'clock in the evening. So uh, that's that's how the day went for me. But it was just such a historic breakthrough compared to what had gone before. Uh, compared to your other speakers and yourself, I'm kind of an old boy. I was 29 when all this was going on. So I had right. witnessed uh, watching our, on the news and listening on the radio to the coverage for for years before that of, you know, the the, the violence and the troubles and the terrorism and so on. So... For a, for a person of my age, it gave a great hope, I think, more than anything else uh, at the time, that maybe this was this was the breakthrough that was needed, and so it was, because in spite of all the setbacks and the the frustration sometimes with the with the way the agreement works, look at all the lives that have been saved, look at all the well-being of people that has been saved over those years, look at the statistics compared to the number killed in the 29 years before that. Uh, and, you know, look at the economic dividend. I mean, I myself served on a, one of the famous north-south implementation bodies um, okay. for five years. Uh, and, at the, like, that was in cooperation in the area of uh, fisheries and, and development of Loch Foyle and Carlingford Loch, a, 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 a body called the Lochs Agency. And there's others too. There's Safe Food Ireland, there's Intertrade Ireland, uh, there's Waterways Ireland. These are all bodies that do a lot of great work in a kind of a unified basis. Uh, you know, so in some ways we have a de facto unified Ireland, even if we don't have a united Ireland, uh, t- talking in economic terms mm. and, and in terms of cooperation and so on. And th- a lot of that was brought about by the Good Friday Agreement and by the sustaining of that over those 25 years in spite of the setbacks, as I say. So I think for for all of us, um, that, that has meant a lot. But, you know, there are so many people alive. I think George Mitchell mentioned it at the end of that RTE documentary the other night. Three, three and a half thousand lives lost uh, from 1969 to uh, 98. And since 98, about 145 people have had violent deaths in Northern Ireland. So 
that speaks for itself. Mm. You know, one of the stats, Patrick, that, that caught my eye actually earlier this week, and I think it was a survey or a poll that was released ahead of the uh, the 25th anniversary, about a quarter of young people today in in the South say that they know they really know nothing, even with regards to key events of the troubles, that there's such, such little knowledge um, and understanding of what happened, uh, how, how peace was brought about under, the, under people, uh, with people, sorry, under the age of about 35. Like, are you surprised by that or how, how important is it? Should that be addressed or is there a need? Do people need to really have an understanding well, of it? Well, I suppose it all depends on how you look at it from a political point of view, uh, but certainly I think, uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I have a history degree myself, amongst other things, so I, I would be interested in the history of it and I suppose having lived through it, I don't have to research it, because, but, but I think it is important for young people. I think it's, it's, it's important to know what happened and uh, because it's only through knowing that that you appreciate what you have now. Like I used to bring my, my daughters up to Donegal to see my, uh, their grandparents and, you know, you were no longer called into the wee hut and your car searched. You know, you, you, you barely knew nowadays where the border is. Mm. So I, 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 and I, that's a real life demonstration of yeah. it, um, of the difference it has made. So I, I do think that it's important for people to know what happened. I don't know what, um, how much of this was taught in the schools. Uh, well, I, 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 think, think, I, I think mm. about it from, from that survey, it was about 7% said they received most of their information about the troubles in the classroom, which would sort of indicate then that younger people are learning about the troubles on social media rather than, than in, well, instead of the school. Uh, if, well, well, that's a bit, a bit concerning because yeah. if, they're, if they're learning about it on social media, uh, I, I think that just going to give a fairly slanted um, view okay. of it. And I well, think actually, it, uh, is, is John just still with us there as well, John, just on that point as somebody who's uh, younger, I, I think, than, than myself and Patrick from, from what you've said. But, like, you know, your friends beyond those living in border areas, do yeah. they have much knowledge of the in, Troubles or Good Friday Agreement? Th- those who are younger? Yeah, or people even around your age. Like, is there, yeah. are you surprised by those figures? Um, it, it it can be frustrating, and and particularly like for myself as someone who like actually has a whole, an entire YouTube series of history videos where I'm trying to make sure that history can be kind of um, accessible to people. That is, it is a frustrating part. I go into schools, uh, primary and secondary schools, talking about history. I go in through the Heritage Council, and I talk with young people about why we why do we learn about the past it's like what's the point and it's uh, you know as you said to uh, to appreciate what we have now and to and to understand where we are now based on the past um and it is it, it is a frustrating thing because a lot of it then can be mythologized if it's not taught in a kind of correct and balanced way it can become very much mythologized it can become very much kind of one-sided, where you're only getting half of the story. You're only getting, oh well, well this 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 is the time when that group shot this group, and it's like yeah, and you left out the bit before that, which instigated the attack. And there's all of that kind of stuff, where obviously you know it it wasn't it wasn't a, a one-sided conflict, uh, and 
you know, as with anything okay. in history, uh, it has Do so know, much more I, nuance. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to take a short break. Um, there's quite a few people getting in touch who, who want to share their memories with us on the programme today. Eileen is with us on the line today. Eileen, what do you remember from that time? Hi, hi, Andrea. Well, I was I was 33 uh, when the uh, Good Friday Agreement was signed, and I can just say to you, a weight lifted off me, a huge weight, just lifted off my shoulders when I heard that it had been signed. It's the best way to describe it. Because see, Andrea, down here I'm in Wicklow, and we we actually blocked out a lot of the troubles from. We didn't go there. We didn't go up north. We didn't, and emotionally and mentally, we just blocked it out. And then suddenly this weight, having heard it, the weight lifted off. So obviously it was there underneath, mm. you know. Never inclined to, you know, to, to go into or to go to Northern Ireland or visit or travel around. But Never, never. And once like my peers neither, you know. But, though I must say that at one point I had a boyfriend that I met at the Young Scientist Exhibition in Dublin from Donegal. Right. And I used to go visit him when I was later on, like when I was older and I was about, say, 17 and uh, yeah, you get you cross over Ochnacloy, and the soldiers would come on the bus with the you know the weapons poised up, up and down the aisle. And sure, they were as young and as scared as we were, do you know, going through and just that sense of I don't know the relief of of that not happening. I think it's related to an early experience I had, Andrea, where my father was coming home from work when the uh, Tob Street bombs went off, and I knew he'd be in that area around Amiens Street, and he. His life was saved literally by a red traffic light stopping him going through. I just remember going around the side of the house and my mother was crying, you know, it was about five mm-hmm. o'clock and I knew, it was about nine, I knew he would be coming home at that point because you get the bus from Bussaris, get a lift to Bussaris. And I remember going around the side of the house uh, in Wicklow where I'm from and my mother was crying and I said to her, will daddy be all right? And she says, I don't know. And Andrea, the relief when he arrived mm-hmm. home. Do you know, because mm-hmm. Andre, in the end of the day, it's everybody's human stories. The scars are deep to every yeah. person in Northern Ireland from every side. And we all want to be happy and we just all want to be free from suffering. And even that little bit of worry at that height that ended up so well for me. Do you know, the sense of relief then when the agreement was signed was extraordinary, really. And even the other things people have gone through, we just need to acknowledge that the, the scars run deep, you know. Absolutely. And that put. I see. Co- I we co- no, I was going to just say, if Connor on the line there as well. Connor, did you want to to join to share your story as well? Yeah. Hello, Andrea. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. Um, I, so I'm from the Glide Inn uh, restaurant in Anagastan in County Louth, and I just put up a post just when I knew I was coming on the show. I took a live video about the back and and tag news talk in it, just showing how close we are to the border here. So I'm looking out at the Morn and the Cooley Mountains on a fabulous day here in Anagastan. Um, and we're about 20 miles away from the, uh, as the crow flies, away from the from the border. Um, now, I, I suppose at the time of the Good Friday Agreement, I suppose I was about 20, 21. Um, and here in the village, you wouldn't have really known there was much going. Like, uh, throughout the Troubles, um, although we're quite close to the border, we wouldn't have had... Um, you know, not not much activity would have had happened around here. However, there was always a chance that something might happen. You know, you you were quite close, so you just never knew. So it was kind of the interpretation of kind of, you know, uh, worrying about it, will it spill over the border here? Mm. Um, and I and I I'd have to you know concur with um, with the lady there a minute ago that it was pure relief when the 
when they announced the Good Friday Agreement um, because, uh, of course, it was much easier crossing the border. Like, I remember, same as yourself, Andre, you probably remember going across the border and, uh, and the guys with the, with the guns, the yeah. army having to go through it, all of that. And, and you know, it, it, it was kind of fearful going up the north. And you kind of, even though you kind of knew it was grand, because, you know, going up to Newry or whatever, you'd, you'd go up every now and again, maybe to do a bit of shopping, maybe to get some petrol or diesel or whatever. It was a little bit cheaper. Uh, but um, it, it was just the the whole notion of going past the checkpoints and all that. And now this was lifted. So it was easy, up and down, great. But equally, talking to guys here in the restaurant uh, and in the bar, like guys down, down south, down in Cork, were telling me they wouldn't come near our area because they thought it was the, the troubled area, Dundalk, Anagas and County Loud. Why would you go up there? It's you know, it's 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 part of the it's part of the trouble. You know, mm. and I didn't realise it until I brought this up in conversation last night. And um, so, I mean, from a business perspective, we get an awful lot of overseas visitors. We get a lot of visitors uh, from south and north, and definitely we would not have gotten them before the Good Friday Agreement. Okay. And so even it changed, like with the it? with the notion of Brexit there recently, um, all of that was coming back into play again because we would get an awful lot of international visitors who would be crossing the border from uh, England coming into um, Northern Ireland and then coming up um, coming up through Belfast and, and stopping in with us. And if Brexit came in and there was a border, uh, then the whole timings and everything gets thrown off and we could get thrown off a, a particular tour, which you know brings in about 40% of our revenue. So, I mean, from the Good Friday Agreement to Brexit, they're all kind of intertwined from, for air mm. business. Absolutely. Um, but it's been great for us. It's, it really has. Yeah. yeah. Text in from a listener here who says, um, just show secondary school students Dairy Girls, the programme that covers the uh, the main points. There's another, Amanda has got in touch as well, says Dairy Girls was a great medium to share awareness of the times uh, that were there in the 1980s in Northern Ireland. Um, this texter says, very interesting. I didn't grow up in Northern Ireland, but I've always found it to be a fascinating period of time. I heard a caller a few moments ago suggest that younger people may be finding information out from biased sources. I'd like to respectfully disagree. A great resource for me has been a podcast that I stumbled upon online called The Troubles Podcast. Well researched and the host goes out of his way to keep things uh, unbiased as possible. But with the advent of platforms, other social media sites, there's many resources uh, that you can use to get a better understanding of the issues, says this listener. Anna is with us as well. Anna, what are your memories? Hi, Andrea. How are you? Um, well, a little bit like yourself, um, I'm from Donegal as well. And okay. um, I, my mum is from Belfast, so all of her family, my granny, my aunts and uncles, everybody on her side is from Belfast. So when it was uh, when the Good Friday Agreement was signed, I was 14, and it was up to that point I'd spent a lot of my youth across the border going, you know, up and down to Belfast all the time and kind of had that natural fear, I suppose, like you talked about. Um, it was definitely kind of part and parcel of the trip to Belfast about just being a bit apprehensive. Um, but I'll never forget, I have a very distinct memory of the Good Friday Agreement um, being signed because my granny in Belfast rang the house in Donegal to ring my mum and she was crying her eyes out because she was so thrilled at the, the fact that the agreement had been signed. And she was just so full of hope and so full of, you know, this joy that there was a potential for peace yeah. in the North after so, so many years. So I just have that real standout memory of that. And it, it, it's just, when you're talking about it today, I kind of felt the need to text because I was like, God, I, I, it really stands out for me as somebody who was really worried, you know, to write my childhood to go into Belfast. But 
that is a really positive one that stands out. Yeah, it's incredible the, your memory of your your granny phoning her, her your mum or her daughter to yeah. share her yeah. joy. And it's such a it's such a, an interesting point, Anna, as well. It's it's the it's the hope yeah. that came with it, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, like it's you know I know everybody has touched on it already, but there's just so much you know got so much. Um, has gone on over the over the years and I feel like there has been such a step change and uh, you know you touched on like whether the youth of today really understand it and, and know enough about it I actually just think I remember another occasion where I went I used to go to college in Dublin and um, I remember watching the news like you know just as being from Donegal you'd watch UTV or you'd watch BBC News yeah. as well as RTE and I remember saying I can't remember exactly what the incident was but something in particular had happened in the north Um and I remember going to friends all from down the south, down the country, and, you know, popping over to their house or whatever and said, oh, my gosh, did you hear what's happened? And they're like, no, it's in here. And I said, like, she was on the news, it was on YouTube, it was on whatever. And they just, it was just a completely far removed kind of scenario across yeah. the border. And I was struck. I remember being like, I was what, 18 or 19 or whatever it was. And I couldn't get over that my peers and like people my age, just from a couple of hours down the, down the road, didn't really... No, you know what I mean? Like what was going on? And I kind of, that's never left me actually because I feel like, even in Donegal, I'll be honest, not everybody fully has um, the full picture. You know what I mean? Because yeah. so much time has passed and, you know, it's it's not exactly taught in school or anything like that. So given I have family in Belfast and I still do, you know, I'm very, I feel very close to it, but not everybody, I suppose, is in that boat. And uh, yeah, there's a bit of a lack of knowledge, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that came up in the survey that was, um, or the research, the poll that was carried out about a thousand people. And I think it was about a quarter of those younger people said um, they really had no knowledge or, or understanding yeah. of, of the troubles. And, and yet, while it's 25 years on, it's still in our, in our very recent uh, history. I see a text in from Maureen who says the troubles up to the Good Friday Agreement as part of the junior cycle history so all students in school will cover it. There's also great resources available for the course too according to Maureen. Um, you do know the podcast the, this week of course um, marking the agreement we have the uh, podcast here on News Talk Bertie Ahern reuniting with Tony Blair Bill Clinton Senator George Mitchell as well all part of the negotiating um, elements of it and if you want to listen back to that the entire series the nine part News Talk podcast called As I Remember It um, Newstalk.com slash Good Friday Agreement you can get it wherever you get your podcast uh, we're going to continue sharing your memories of the Good Friday Agreement here on Lunchtime Life Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.